So we're going to learn a very, very uh, interesting thing tonight. Parshas Bahar, uh, speaking about Amuna. So this is really the foundational parsha in a sense for Amuna because we're talking about Shemitah. And if there is ever a, uh, a mitzvah in the Torah that really tests a person's Amuna, it's got to be Shemitah. Because if you're a farmer living in Eretz Yisrael and you have um, your entire parnasa coming from the agricultural produce, and the Torah says that there's an entire year that you're not going to be able to do any, uh, any work on the field. You have to let it lay fallow, and, uh, and you can't do any harvesting and planting and picking, and you can't do anything really. And then the next year, you're not going to really have too much yet either because you're still going to have to be planting in the, in the uh, eighth year uh, until, and that's just going to grow like, you know, towards the end of that year if you're lucky. So you're talking about a very long period of time without a normal parnasa. Imagine if you were a, uh, a lawyer and, um, you know, I told you every seven years you got to like just not do any, you just join a kylo. You have to leave your practice, leave your firm, and, and not do anything. It would be a hard sell, right? How do you do that? I, I, I'm, I'm on a roll. Like, I have a parnas, I have a family, I have a, I have a, a mortgage to pay, I, I have things I have to... I can't just, like, take off. But that's what the Torah expects every seven years a, a farmer to do. And, and uh, ad hayyim, people, the farmers in Eretz Yisrael are what uh, Chazal call the gibare kayach. These are the mighty warriors of Klal Yisrael, because they're really, uh, you know, they're doing an amazing thing by showing the world that I have a Munan Hashem, I have a Munan Hashem, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, uh, takes care of them. And today we have uh, a lot of different organizations, Karen Ashrias, that supplement the Parnassah of these farmers, but, but at, the, at the end of the day, they're doing something which is really... Uh, astounding in that they're listening to what the Torah wants. There are heterim, there are people, are, have paiskim, uh, there, are, there were big people in Eretz Yisrael that paskin for whatever their reason that you could sell the whole land to Arabs and, uh, you know, and then sort of like what we do on before Pesach with our selling of chametz and do some shtick, but the Chazanish and others were very against that and they felt that this is something that has to be done properly. And, uh, and there are many, many farmers, and every Shemitah year there's many, many more farmers that are keeping this uh, very difficult mitzvah called Shemitah. So the pioneer of Shemitah in Eretz Yisrael, in the modern-day Eretz Yisrael, was somebody by the name of Rabbi Yaman Mendelssohn. He was the Rav of a Moshav called Komamius. And, and then his son afterwards uh, took over, but the name Mendelssohn in Eretz Yisrael is synonymous with Shemitah. If you ever, you know, the second anyone talks about Shemitah, it's Moshev Komias and, uh, and the Mendelssohn. So we have a letter here, an amazing letter uh, that I want to share with you uh, that was written uh, by Rabbi Yaman Mendelssohn, who was the head of this Moshev Komias. He wrote it in the year Tavshin Chaf Gimel, so that's around, what, 60 years ago? Uh, and he wrote it to a sefer, to a mechaber of sefer, Mishnas Yosef, on Mesechet Shviz. Listen to what he writes here. 
He's referring to a previous Shemitah in the year Tavshin Yud Beis. On our Moshav, we did not have Chitim to plant. We didn't. He's describing like what was going on uh, after Shemitah year. So we didn't have any grain. We didn't want to use the wheat that was grown from during Shemitah. And there was a kibbutz nearby, and we were able to get grain with the seeds in it from the sixth year, from the year before Shemitah. They just happened to still have in their reserves old grain. You can imagine what this wheat looks like. It's already over a year old. Uh, it, it was all wormy. It was broken. It was busted. It wasn't, you couldn't plant it. It wasn't plantable. We bought it anyway. This this Avrich asked me, what, what should we do? Should we buy it? Should we plant it? Is it, is it even worth going through all the, the effort? Because this is like unplantable, ungrowable seeds. It has to be somewhat fresh. It has to be new. This was seeds that were all wormy and disgusting. And so what should we do? The Amartilai, im ein al pi If there is no halachic other chitim, we can't use chitim from Shemitah, so what should we do? Tiyamaymin b'chayah ilamim v'zareah, which is a lashon of the Yerushalmi brought in Taisa Shabbos Lamin Alat Lamin Alav, v'Hashem Yisparach Yazar b'chitim Elu. So the lashon of the Yerushalmi is that, which is the reason why um, why Emunas the pasuk says v'ya Emunas itacha Emunas the Gemara says is a reference to say Israel and Taisa there says because your maimin b'chayah ilamim v'zareah. It takes an act of faith, even with good wheat. If you can imagine, what, what is wheat? What is seeds? Seeds is, uh, you buy seeds, you stick it in the ground, you hope that it decays in the ground, and that the right water and sunshine and light and whatever you need, all the conditions are met, and then uh, you're trusting in Hashem that He's going to do the rest. So any planting is really an act of emuna, but certainly with such, uh, such vacha seeds. Vihine kolseva seno all of the surrounding kibbutzim and moshavim, uh, they were all laughing at us. What are you doing? You're planting with these disgusting seeds. It's not going to work. And you know, you're causing yourself uh, a tremendous hezek because you're paying money for this 20,000 lira, whatever that was, a lot of money. But nevertheless, even though everybody was laughing at us, we went forward, listening to what I said, and we had bitachan Hashem. So winter started. Normally, winter in Eretz Yisrael is the rainy season. They don't have really snow there. It's rain. So normally they expected the rain to start falling, but it was delayed that year. What did normal kibbutzim do? Meaning the kibbutzim that weren't keeping Shemitah. So they plowed their field already at the end of Shemitah year, which is a no-no. 
and they planted immediately right right during uh, you know right after Tishrei they started planting seeds in the ground. So, but because there wasn't any rain for a long time, Nirkavu Zarehem Bekarka it was all parched the land, there was no water, and therefore their seeds ended up spoiling. But us on Moshav since we didn't plant at all during the Shemitah, and also we waited until after, we didn't want to plant on, do any charisha on Chalamayed, Shomatzai Shemitah. The Nimshcha Charisha Seinu Ad Ma'ochar Lotecha Charif. So we only began our plowing much later in the rainy season, in the winter. The Yachikach Nimshcha Zriya Seinu, and then we started planting much later. Ukishaka Marnu Bechadshea Charif. And when, once we were finished with all the activities that winter, we, we plowed and then we planted then the skies opened and all the rain started pouring down. And the, the seeds worked and we had a bumper crop. And wonders happened with this broken, moldy, wormy um, seed. We planted it. Prospered, they flourished, they, they grew like crazy. And he says, This was a sign that Hashem blessed the crops and the bitachan of Shemeshvias. That's one story that Rabbi Yama Mendelssohn said over about one Shemitah in Tavshin Yud Beis. And now the next Shemitah cycle rolls around. In the next Shemitah, some six, seven years later, Shemaran Hagain Mi Brisks, that's all the Briskarov, said, that what happened in the next Shemitah is a mitzvah to Mepharsim. It's a mitzvah, you have to publicize this. And that's why I'm telling it to you in this letter. Uh, again, he's writing to somebody that was an expert in the laws of Shemitah. So the first months of Shemitah were planted in the fields, the machali behema that were planted before Shemitah. That's okay. If they're planted before Shemitah, that's okay. Shemutter looks up The halacha is you're allowed to harvest that on Shemitah and you'd be allowed to eat them with Kedusha Shvias like the Ramban, the Shita Shnagim came Baritz Yisrael. And we pass them like the Ramban in Eretz Yisrael. Vine b'yayim shishi echad ba b'yayim shishi echad ba arbe l'royev l'kfar masmuchim. So one fr- fine Friday, uh, all of the kfarim around us, all of the moshavs and the farms and that don't keep Shemitah, they were suddenly infested by a swarm of locusts. And the people in, in Moshav Komias came to me petrified because um, what's going to be? All of that wheat that we were growing for the behemoths to eat it's all, and it was planted before Shemitah, so it was fine, 
but it's all going to be destroyed. Because the, the, um, the Arbe, the uh, locusts are going to eat them. Marty, and I said with all of my bitachen, Nira Yeshua, Hashem Bashmita. No, let's see. You have to have bitachen the Rabbanishlam, especially during Shemitah. Hakarishbarachu is not going to embarrass us for keeping Shemitah Kalacha. So we're different. We're going to be spared. And let's go and see the Yeshua of Hashem. So this is an eyewitness account here. There was a tremendous swarm of locusts that came up until the borderline of Kamius. Kamius, the Moshav, had a border. You can imagine they were standing in the field watching this swarm of locusts coming right towards their property at, at, you know, at a quick pace. And when these locusts just were on the cusp, on the precipice of entering our borders, takeif panulana if they turned their, they made a U-turn, ukuluma sheba kein halcha, and the same way that they came, they turned back. They didn't come onto the borderline of Kaimia. So this isn't a biblical account. We're not talking about Mitzrayim right now. We're talking about something that happened within a hundred years to people that were Shimer Shmita within within seventy years. And I saw it with my own eyes, and everybody in Moshev Kamiya saw it, that a single, not a single locust broached our gevol, and not a single kernel, not a single uh, stalk of wheat was affected. When I told this story over to the Briskarov, Amar Zemmeifes Shetzrichem Lesaper, this is a miracle that must be told. That from the time of Meshur Abeno until today, there is not a single Arba that invaded Mitzrayim because HaKadosh Baruch Hu said that it's not going to happen. And on that, says the Ramban, you have to say, the Pasuk, Sicha B'chol Mitzvah Ad Kam L'Shem Lamadnu Kavanes Maren Zatzal Sharamban Zal Muchach Shneflois Ba'arba Tzich Masav We see from that is that you have to tell over miracles that take place with Arba, so you applied it even to modern day Eretz Yisrael. That was the second miracle. And Adavar Hashani, the second miracle of the second miracle of the second of that second Shemitah, Bishnas Tavshin Yodzayin. So the Tavshin Yodzayin was the year before that Shemitah. Hechlita Hasukanes Lintaya Pardesim Lakami Yishuim Ubeinem Gam Lakamius. We decided um, the Sachnut decided to plant orchards for for several of the settlements, for settle, several of the Yishuvs, and amongst them I'll only agree to the, to the Sachnut. Sachnut is like the, uh, I guess what, the interior ministry? What's the Sachnut? Um, something like that. So 
I'll agree to, uh, to that, but only on the condition that you can plant all the pardes you want, but we're going to monitor it during Shemitah. It has to be done al the halacha. All these orchards that you're going to plant has to be according to my psak. Kishana And because of that, they, they stalled it out. They didn't want to keep to this. They, they wanted to make sure to, you know, to develop these pardesim on their own. They didn't want to uh, be beholden to us. We were stubborn. We did not budge. We forgot about the whole, we had years about the whole pardes. Even though it would have been a nice income for many families on Kamis, we just sort of were meyish about it. We'll do without the orchards. He was very impressed, he was very touched by how we were so, uh, we, we, were, we cherished the mitzvah of Shemitah. We, we got from him, he was the one in charge of all the orchards, he gave us his guarantee, his word, and his signature, that he would plant the paradise and it would all be done based on my psak. Half a million liras. And the people that were in charge of the paradise only did it al the halachas of Shemitah. And here is the payoff here. When they were working on this paradise during the Shemitah year, Tavshin Yotas, Shenasa Bidiyuk Fiyarasi, and everything was done, Kedasu Kedin, Amrli Minahalia Paradise. So the people that were running the paradise said, Shaladaitam Anim Misakenasa Paradise, Ayyadei, Shalinavad Karoi, Machmas Hayrasi. You're ruining the paradise, not going to grow. You're, you're, you're not doing what the paradise needs to grow. And you're going to cause a loss, they blame to me, they blame me for, of half a million liras, all because you're, you're not treating it the way it needs to be treated. Many times I had like second thoughts, what's going to be. Based on the Paiskin, probably the Chazanish and others. Right? Av is ripe, it's like uh, six weeks before the end of the year. The manager of the Paradise came to me and said, with great emotion. He has under his auspices 12 separate pardesim. And he acted with all of them normally. During Shemitah year, he was doing the watering and the pruning, whatever needed to be done to them. 
He didn't do what he advised the other kibbutzim, the other Moshevim to do. And in the end, you know which one was the most successful of all? Much more than the other orchards. And he asked me to explain how that could be. And the very first animamin of the Yud Gimel Ikrim is that I believe that alone He's, he, he does everything. He did, he does, he will do everything that happens in the world. Every little thing that happens in the world is all directly HaKadosh Baruch the Gamma Paradis, and the Paradis is included in that. Since we did what Hashem wanted with the Paradis, made our orchard successful. And this is what was written down in the official chronicles. I don't know, there was a chronicle of Paradis in Israel, but if you, apparently, if you would look up in the archives of the Orchards that were planted in Eretz Yisrael that were, you know, under the government rule. This is what it says: How paradise became mius ubad Nothing was planted. Nothing was done to work it. The entire year of Shemitah vitzliach and it was matzliach. And this is a, a, a tremendous. Uh, I love this letter. Uh, I actually put parts of it in Great Jewish Letters. That's how uh, I loved it so. But it's, this letter is like really a, um, it's a, a foundational letter for Amunah. This isn't, this isn't going back, like I said before, to Mitzrayim or to the times of Yael or, you know, all these biblical experiences with Arban, with, with famines and with, and with grasshoppers. It sounds very biblical. This happened very, a few decades ago in Eretz Yisrael. And it goes to show that when you do the right thing in life, when you follow the Rabbani Shalom's Ratzin, and you have a munan, you have bitachan, you invest properly in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gets it. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will respond in kind. He's not going to make you suffer. He's not going to make you suffer. And I, I always tell this to, uh, you know, to uh, my kids or to Talmidim. You know, sometimes um, there's a lot of temptation sometimes to, uh, to, let's say, cheat. You know, you have a test, you have a messiah or whatever. I'm not saying whether it's mutter or I'm not getting into that. But sometimes, you know, we have a, we have a Nisayan in, in school, you know, it's sometimes very unfair because a lot of people in the class have the test, have the answers, and, and you say, well, why should they get a better mark than me? It's not fair. Um, and it's, a, it's taka, a very big Nisayan, and I'm not saying, you know, what I would do or what you should do or whatever, but, but if you could be, I'm a Nisayan, HaKadosh Baruch is not going to allow you to lose out because you're doing the right thing. It doesn't mean say you shouldn't be studying, you should be studying like crazy and you should do well. But you're not going to, if anything, you'll gain because a lot of times, you know, it, you know people find out and it's a chal Hashem and, you get, and then the teacher, you know, you get in trouble or whatever. It's always, it's always best to do the right thing. And the same thing is going to be true in life and in, in business. It's very easy sometimes to cut corners in business or... Uh, you know, to cheat the boss or to cheat the, uh, the, the, the customer or to sell, like, uh, less than, than the merchandise that's uh, a lower quality product than, than they think it is. And, and you can, you know, and by doing so, what are you basically saying to the Rebbein You're basically saying that 
Um, I don't really rely on you for my for my parnasa. I have to. I, it has to be up to me. Meaning, if I don't if I don't do shtick, then I'm not. How am I going to live? Like the only way to make a parnasa is by is by cheating and by by doing things underhandedly. And obviously, Hakadosh Baruch Hu is not going to make you have a better parnasa because. Uh, you're cheating, and you're, uh, and more than cheating is that you're you're having zero bitachin in him. People that are 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 ethical and people that have real integrity in business, what they're saying to everybody is that I believe in the rabbinic. I'm not gonna not gonna suffer uh, because I'm honest. I'm not gonna lose out because Hakadosh Baruch Hu sees what I'm doing. It's this is our kaimias, and we have opportunities in life to do things the right way or as opposed to doing it with shtick. So it's basically, that's our nisayin of kaimimiz. That's our shemitah nisayin. Are we going to take the high road or are we going to, we're going to do the, you know, the, the, the compromise road or the, or the cop-out road? And when you do the cop-out, so, you know, there are, I'm not saying that nobody ever made money by cheating people, but eventually it doesn't always end well or it never ends well. And it's far better to have bitachan and amunah in the Rabbi Shalom. And when you do that, you're basically saying to Hashem and to the world that I live above, you know, a, a, I, I live ethically, I live honestly, I live with a chayshem mishpat, I live with, I live with the Rabbi Shalom. And I have to be honest with myself, and I have to be honest with Hashem. I don't believe that I'm going to lose out because I'm, you know, because I'm following the right thing to do. And because I'm taking the high road, is Hashem going to make me suffer for that? It's hard to imagine that that would ever happen, Chas Shalom. Rapam says on the Gemara, it's actually that same Gemara that we mentioned in Shabbos, Laman Amun Aleph, the Gemara says that one of the questions that's going to be asked of us when we die, one of the first questions, not the first question, is, Nisus Vinasato Be'amuna. Did you do business with Amuna? Now, the simple taichin amuna is with integrity, with honesty, with trustworthiness. But Rapam says that the deeper meaning of bemuna is amuna. The pshuta shomikra of amuna means with faith in Hashem. Meaning, did you when you conducted your business, did you conduct your business with with an attitude that I have to believe in Hashem? I have to have I have to have uh, belief and trust and reliance in Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And, 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 and I, the way you, you run a business when you believe in Hashem is always doing the right thing, always giving the customer the benefit of the doubt and always going the extra mile to make sure that the customer is happy and the customer is right and always giving the best chayra uh, at the best prices and not, not overcharging and not doing shady, shady deals. That means that you believe in Hashem. It means you have integrity, but the integrity... It's not just because you're an honest guy. It's because you believe in Hakadosh Baruch Hu. If you don't have Emunah and Hashem, that's when you start doing shtick because you feel like you know I'm I'm, I'm on my own. I got to do it myself. Who else is going to help me? When you do things honestly, even when the whole world around you is being dishonest, then you're showing by example that you know that there's a God in the world and God is signs Parnasa every Rosh Hashanah. Whatever I am supposed to get, I will get. I won't get a dollar more or a dollar less if I'm crooked, right? And, and I believe that. So it's Nisus Vanessa. When you did business, was it Bamuna? Did you, were you a, were you a Pearson? Were you like, a, like what the Briskarov says, the Mitzvah of Farsim? Were you, were you Mefarsim, my name? Did you, did everybody give you like, like, 
were you held in esteem in the world that you dealt with and your, with your community, with your business associates, and they know that whatever you said, you stuck to, and your word was your bond. You want to read an interesting book um, on Rav Moshe Reichman, who was put out, I think, last year, a biography by Arts Girl, um, on Rav Moshe Reichman. Rav Moshe Reichman was uh, Nifter a few years ago, and he was, uh, at, w- at one point, he was like one of the richest men in the world. He was worth, I think, him and his brothers, uh, over $27 billion. That was when a billion dollars was still money. Um, it was, you know, he was a, a billionaire when there were, came out no billionaires, and he was, Anyway, they had a very bad, you know, downfall, but they came back to a certain degree. But through thick and through thin, he was, first of all, he was the greatest Baal of his time. And he was mechadish, giving, like, really large sums of money. And, and a lot of the... Today we live also in times with, with a lot of gavirim that are tremendous Baal but he was really the icebreaker. He was the one that really showed the world how to give tzedakah, if you're wealthy, how to give it on a very large scale. And, um, but a big part of the book was about um, how honest he was in business. And he dealt with the Queen of England and the Prime Minister of England and presidents and senators. And wherever he went, whatever he did, people knew about him that he would always take the high road. He wasn't, his, his word meant something and he didn't even need, need a signature for him. If he gave his oral word, that was good enough for everybody. And, and the product that he would deliver was going to be on time and it was going to be the best quality. And he was just an honest person and that made a tremendous Kiddush Hashem. And this is really, I think, what, what we learned tonight from Kamios, that they, they could have taken shortcuts. They might have found Heterim if they would have wanted to, to plant other things, or, but they didn't. They said, listen, we're doing the Ratzon Hashem. I can't believe that by doing the Ratzon Hashem and having Amun and Bitachan as the laws of Shemitah dictate that we're going to suffer. And every single time they tried it, there was tremendous bracha beyond, beyond anyone else's wildest amount. Everyone was laughing at them, and the people that were laughing, the, 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 the Moshavim that did not keep Shemitah, and they were, you know, sort of, you know, completely negating any laws of Shemitah, they suffered. Their, their, their crops were eaten by locusts, or their crops just died because of the late rain. But Kaimiyos, because they invested in Hashem, Hashem had to help them. And that's the truth for all of us. If we invest in Hashem, and we trust in Hashem, we say, Hashem, listen, I'm doing it, this is what you want, this is, I could take easy ways out, but I'm doing the right thing, HaKadosh Baruch will not make you suffer. In any, whether it's in college, whether it's in business, whether it's in professional life, whatever you're going to be doing, you know, it's always Kedai to follow a Pisic and find out exactly what you're allowed to do, what you're not allowed to do. And when you follow that and you take the high road, HaKadosh Baruch will give you Baruch HaVatzlachah.